Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the fat and yet at the same time reigning voice of your local announcer. And it's time now for the food show. I feel like for some reason... It's been uh, weeks before we've been on the air to talk about the food scene around New Orleans. Uh, we're ready to do that any second now, or, or not at all if you just want to sit and listen to us or think about how can this even exist, this program where all they do is talk about food. Well, that's just what we do, exactly that. Are, we, are, you, are you kidding me? John Fulce is here? Is that right? I have a thing in... In my hand, that uh, is something I think any anybody doing anything would uh, take a great deal of pride from. And here we are, the Ella Brennan Award, Lifetime Achievement, with uh, Chef John Fulce. Chef, are you there? <laughs> I am here, Tom. Nice to hear your voice, and uh, nice to be with you on the radio for a few minutes. Good to, good uh, to hear from you. Well, it's, uh, it seems goes right back at you. Uh, I was at the party that uh, you put on. Well, I guess you didn't do it. But you were the center of it. The New Orleans food and the, the uh, our our association of uh, of assistants here is walking in between. Uh, the thing that shows you off hey, here. Hey, John, it's Marianne. Did you hear that? <laughs> I do. How are you doing? Good to hear from you. It's my pleasure, and you know I've I've been on your radio show too, and uh, and a lot of people have been as well, and it's great having you uh, here. You know what was my what I thought was the best moment of the big event that you took uh, about two weeks ago, over at the Roosevelt Hotel, no. was so when the Ritz Carlton. Oh, yes. did I say that wrong? Okay, I'm sorry. The um, at the end of the event. Uh, you were uh, seen uh, helping out or pushing them along or something or other, uh, all of the, the chefs that were there. Every one of them was wearing a chef's tie, a toque, and everybody was surrounding the, the exterior, uh, well, indoor, exterior uh, catch of the sides. And I thought that's an amazing thing. I bet in all the uh, chef events that you've uh, partaked in, uh, you've probably seen that before with all those chefs going around and around. That was really cool to see. Well, uh, it was spectacular and, uh, and of course, uh, uh, at the same time, emotional because, uh, Tom, as you know, today, chefs are a little bit more casual and it, it doesn't uh -huh. affect the quality of, of their food at all. Uh, but the professionalism, you know, the chef, with the uh, chef's hat or the toque on their head and and. Uh, which was a total surprise to me. Well, the whole evening was a surprise to me. But to have chefs representing the greatest restaurants of New Orleans, most of the restaurants of New Orleans, all marching up to the stage with their chef hats uh, uh, high, including students from the culinary schools from NOCA, as well as uh, the John Falls Culinary Institute. Uh, it was really 
hard to get through. I know we've all been through emotional moments, uh, but uh, it really made it difficult to get through the rest of the evening after having that march, uh, uh, march to the music on the stage of all of those culinarians. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and the, and the people who were there, they were everybody from uh, the guys who were cleaning up uh, and the men who have – and women, too – who have reinvented the cuisine or the cuisines of the many we have. And uh, that must have been a, a fine moment for you is all I can think of. John, did you – were those all graduates of your culinary institute or were they just – some of them were and some of them weren't? Uh, well, I had graduates. Uh, we had in the room probably about 25 graduates of uh, our institute, some that were – uh, 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 manning most, uh, you know, many of the great kitchens. Uh, at the same time, we had probably about 30 or 40 of our students from the Institute. Um, but what, but really what got me more, I think, emotional than anything else was to see the great, great chefs of New Orleans who run some of the most fabulous restaurants, if not the most fabulous restaurants. And at the same time, on a busy night when I when I know they had to leave their kitchens to be there, but yet uh, they were there. So from so from the talented young uh, uh, students uh, studying culinary to to just the greatest of the great uh, chefs in the room that night made it extremely extremely emotional for me. Uh, uh, I, I, really, I'm not quite sure that I did get through it <laughs> by the end of the night. <laughs> you look pretty but good it, to it me. Was, very, very emotional. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of great restaurants, how's yours doing? Uh, mine's doing really well. Uh, uh, Revolution is now in its uh, uh, in its eighth year. Uh, we're gonna uh, over at the Sunesta Hotel. Wait. Oh, wait a, I, minute, wait a minute! Pro- did you just did you just say twenty years? No, he said eight. Eight. Oh, okay. no, eight. Eight All years. Right. I, I can uh, live with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and what I'm most proud of is that uh, uh, we've never had a down year at, uh, at Revolution, which tells me that the restaurant industry is extremely healthy uh, in New Orleans. Uh, 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 tourism, as well as, uh, as the locals, are obviously uh, uh, filling all the restaurants of the city. Because which is we, amazing we if you think about it. Yeah, it, it, it really is. <laughs> it really is. To think that many years later, we've never had a down year, and I'm sure we're we're not uh, an exception. I'm sure that's uh, that that shows uh, most of the restaurants of the city. It's it's really something well, that it, it, all those restaurants can be filled all that time. And whenever anybody starts uh, talking about this, there is the uh, matter of just the the great cuisine abilities that uh, have been installed instilled maybe. Uh, years ago, <clears throat> and uh, a, a long, long that, longer than anybody. <clears throat> excuse me, something jumped in my throat and went away. Uh, how, how did you uh, get uh, started in the biz? Um, well, uh, you know, I, I, I was uh, I started as a uh, uh, as a young food and beverage director over at uh, hotels in Baton Rouge. I was at uh, the Prince Murat Inn in Baton Rouge, but. But my first uh, foray into food and beverage was actually at Howard Johnson's uh, hotel. Uh, group imagine in, uh, that. And, 
Yeah, and uh, and what I didn't know at the time was that there was two great chefs who were running all of the food, uh, uh, all of the food operations and uh, and and creativity uh, on on the Howard Johnson's menu, and that was Pierre Fernet and Jacques Pepin. They were the executive no chefs kidding. for Howard Johnson. Yeah. And, uh, did you just say that, Jacques Pepin? Did he say Jacques Pepin? I, I did hear him That's say Jacques, that. Yeah, Jacques Pepin. And, oh, uh, my goodness. And, and they were the executive chefs that created all of the foods for the Howard Johnson's Motor oh Hotel. Oh, We're calling them in those days. And, uh, and I only met I met uh, 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 Pierre Frenet once when he came to Baton Rouge. Uh, because that's where I started out in the restaurant business. Uh, accidentally, I should mention, at that Howard Johnson's on uh, on College mm-hmm. Drive. There, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, uh, the Vietnam War had just ended. Uh, soldiers were coming back from the war. Everybody was looking for work. I was looking for work, and I would stop in that Howard Johnson's restaurant for a cup of coffee to read the paper to see if I could find another interview possibility. And after about two weeks of doing that. The GM of that restaurant came up to me and said, you know, I talk to you every day and here you're sitting at the counter. I think you'd be good in the restaurant business. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, Somebody's uh, got to do it. Yeah, it was amazing. I said, oh, no, 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 I don't know anything about restaurants. I'm a bard from St. James Parish. Anyway, make a long story short, it's not too late. Uh, she enticed me just to give it a try. And uh, and I did. I gave it a try. I said, okay, I'll try it for a little while to see, but I don't think I'm going to be interested. And, of course, I never stepped out of kitchen since. <laughs> and that little was chance early. meetings that, that changed history. Was, <laughs> so that was, uh, that was the early mm. 1970s. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, that's not what you – none of this is what you call to talk about. And I'm fascinated by what you call to talk about, which is – your own boucherie coming up, and uh, and I don't even know what that is. So, could you tell us a little <laughs> bit about it? Uh, well, you, you know the the, the 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 boucherie, which is, and I'm sure uh, uh, Tom, you, you know this very clearly. But uh, in the old days, when we were growing up, like I said, I grew up in St. James Parish in uh, very rural Louisiana, and back in the early 1950s, when I was a child. Uh, it was common during the winter months for uh, families, normally 10, they would say 10 different families from the neighborhood would get together to to, to kill one or two pigs or possibly a little small calf uh, to go ahead and process it into all of the different cuts, sausages if you were doing uh, uh, pork, undue smoking of meats. And then those 10 families would uh, actually share the uh, uh the bounty of, of that day's work. And then a couple of weeks later, they would meet again. I mean, refrigeration was, uh, uh, wasn't quite in every home at that time, back in the late 40s, early 50s. Uh, so, you know, to have the cold months of the year where all families could meet, uh, work together to, to harvest the, uh, the goods off of the, uh, off of the animals. And then, Convert them into uh, into meats that that could go into crocks covered with uh, lard to preserve them. I remember these uh, days very uh, clearly, and I and I thought that that chefs today really, even though charcuterie is uh, uh, is really on the tip of everybody's tongue, I didn't think that that young chefs today and many older chefs 
had ever experienced a full a full view of the boucherie as we did back in the 1940s and 50s. So this the is my 1940s fifth year. 1940s and 50s. That's almost as old as I am. <laughs> How could that I'm be? Older I'm older than you, Tom. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so we uh, we we decided to, five years ago to recreate the Fet de Boucheres, which is the festival of the butchers, and invite chefs from all over the country to come in and participate and see the way we in South Louisiana uh, uh, created the boucherie in those days. Uh, and to see how these meats were being preserved and smoked and cooked. And that's what it's all about. So this Saturday, February the 15th, uh, I have about uh, about 100 chefs coming in from all over the country. Uh, I have uh, uh, chefs coming in from Ohio and uh, Illinois and Texas, uh, you know, all I should say all over the country. And uh, we're going to meet at 6 o'clock on Saturday morning. We're going to have a butcher's breakfast. And then after the breakfast, we're going to assign chefs to tables. They don't know what tables they're going to be working on. They might be doing uh, andouille. They might be doing uh, Italian sausage and smoked sausages. They might be doing hogshead cheese or uh, uh, any of these kind of things, hams, uh, porchettas. Uh, they're going to all just uh, be assigned to a table. It's going to be a great, great day. And uh, uh, then, of course, the, the the good thing is that we're all going to eat it at 1 o'clock. Everything oh, you, that's been prepared. We better, we better eat it because uh, you can have some people on on. <laughs> okay, here's my question. It's 2020, <laughs> and I'm squeamish to begin with. So are you actually going to kill the animal there? Uh, we are, we are we we're we're what? actually gonna as I, as I say we're gonna meet for the butcher's breakfast we're gonna assign uh-huh. every chef that table okay. and then we're all gonna march down to what we call the hill we're gonna march down silently not a word will be spoken in silence all the way down mm. all the and it's it's emotional too because we're gonna have about a hundred chefs women men every nationality all holding hands walking to where the pig is going to be killed. Uh, then the butcher's prayer is being uh, read. The butcher's prayer is a prayer from the 1800s that was always recited by the butchers before the, the killing of an animal. We're going to do that. The Bishop of Baton Rouge is actually going to uh, going to do the butcher's prayer. The pig will then be killed. The pig will be bled. And then the blood will be captured for the red boudin, and the rest of the pig with a group of butchers will scrape it, clean it, uh, remove all of the entrails, and prepare that pig while all the other folks uh, will then go to their stations where the meat will already be prepared for them to begin their cooking. So, so the audience will really have a great view, and they can participate. Anybody who wants to jump on the table and assist, they can. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's open, uh, like I say, open to the public. Uh, we should have a we should have a couple hundred people out here, uh, and it's going to be a there's going to be a day that's going to end with just a great uh, festival of the food. So we'll get a chance to eat everything that we've cooked. Is this a midday thing or for dinner? Starts at six in the morning. Oh, six in the morning, and the huh? meal will be at one, right, Chef? Yeah, the, the meal will be the meal will be at one, and most uh, most of the butchers, of course, are. are uh, are here first. They get here about five thirty or six. We actually kill the pig about uh, six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, and then the public normally comes around 
eight o'clock. So okay. most of that process is over. The butchers are now moving to their tables to create what we call the spoils of the boucherie. So making other endures and the sausages. And, and then there's also cooks, Tom, which I know y'all going to really, if you have an opportunity to come, we actually have cooks who are going to be cooking for the butchers. They're going to be doing the backbone stew, and they're going to be doing uh, the rabbit and pork uh, sausage sauce because and uh, uh, the sauce patate. Some of the dishes that were actually done in the 1800s, we're going to be recreating those for the lunch as well as the items that's being prepared by the butchers. Mm-hmm. How much is this for the public? Well, uh, it's uh, $85, uh, which includes all the spoils of the bushery, uh, access to the whole property. 15 years or younger is free. 15 and over is $85 a person, which includes everything. We're also having seminars, very, very exciting seminars, uh, uh, including uh, historians on the on the pig. Uh, Steve Espinal is one of the great historians on how the pig saved civilization. He's going to be talking about that. Origins and characteristics of different breeds, they're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're going to have grounds tours. Uh, we make. I'm doing a seminar on making your own sugar-cured smoked hams. So there's a Babe, lot of things. That's, that's, that's one of my recipes. Yeah, but that's one of yours. It's <laughs> a root beer good plate. One. It is, but <clears throat> not cured. Go ahead. Not cured. And, and we also have the distillery tour because Tom, I don't know if you know, I'm now doing bourbon and rum on property. Uh, so we're going to open the distillery for a tour as well. So it's a, it's a day with a lot of activities, sure a lot like of uh, a lot of opportunity to, to just kind of get off to the side and talk to experts about everything, or just just uh, just share the experience. I mean, it's a wonderful yeah, day. Yeah, uh, it's, it's at White Oak day. Plantation, right? Your property in Baton Rouge. Where is that? Uh, well, we're 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 right off of O'Neill Lane. I mean. Uh, 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 most of the people uh, coming in are coming in. I ten New Orleans are flying in, whatever they're doing. But uh, and they're 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 uh, uh, and we're right at uh, on O'Neill Lane in Baton Rouge. We're very easy um, uh, easy to find. We're sitting here on 50 acres. We have the plantation home, as well as uh, we have lakes out here that's stocked with fish and the grounds. We have animals here. Uh, 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 heritage birds and so it's a great day for people to wander yeah, uh, to experience like- a lot of different opportunities here it's not only standing up watching somebody scrape a pig i mean we're grinding grits uh, in our grits mills i have grits and corn mills here uh so, so it's, a, it's, it's a like a cultural really history day uh, it is it, re- it really really is there's, and again there's lectures going on at all times very interesting lectures there's uh, Game Changer, one of the great smoking companies are coming in with their big smoker trailer, and they're going to be smoking uh, some of the heritage hogs that are being sent in. We, are, we, we have a, a breed of hog that came from England back in the 1700s. The old spot in uh, Joyce Farms out of North Carolina is donating two of those pigs, and, and Game Changer is going to be smoking those pigs. Uh, for people to eat while we're walking around the property. So you won't, you won't go hungry, and there's a lot of great knowledge being shared. 
Yeah, it sounds fantastic. What is White Oak Plantation when you're not doing the Festival of the Butchers? Uh, well, it's one of the, the leading uh, 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 wedding centers. Uh, we do an average of about four to five weddings every week here. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're sitting on 50 acres, so uh, we have a lot of a lot of outdoor, uh, just beautiful uh, outdoor areas for our weddings. We we're a big uh, uh, corporate facility as well with yeah, corporations, like businesses, uh, and we've just recently. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, we started bringing in chef groups from around the world. In fact, just Barilla Pasta out of Italy is going to be here in, uh, in a month or so. And they're bringing about 20 chefs from Italy. And they're going to spend a week here on White Oak where we're going to oh, wow. be, uh, where, where they're going to be experiencing all of Cajun country. They're going to be having a, a day at my culinary school at Nickel State. They're going to make bourbon here. They're going to grind corn. They're going to have their hands in the, in, uh, competitions between the chefs. So we're doing a lot of that right now as well. Uh, no dinner at the end of that? Here. No dinner at the uh, end of that for people to come to? And, and, and that, well, there's a dinner for uh, 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 the group of uh, chefs and culinarians who have been working all week and the people who have hosted them. Uh-huh. We have an event, but... Uh, but I tell you, we are doing historic events here, and I'm just right now, as I'm talking to you, writing down your name to make sure you're our guest from yeah. now on. Please, <laughs> so you, please. Uh, no, absolutely. So you, you will. I'm just putting you down right now, so I, which I should have done that a long time ago. But we do, we do historic dinners here quite often, where we recreate dinners from the past, um, and of course, I know y'all would enjoy it a lot. I'm looking at the the, uh, the brochure that was put out to everybody, and uh, just uh, how cool that was. Where in the heck were you? The one that the the, the photograph that makes it look like you're in a garbage pile. <laughs> he's, What's that about? he's he's talking about the big uh, photograph that was up on the screen at the event yeah. with the alligator. Isn't that an alligator with him? I don't know. Well, but I, it's sure I, interesting. I, I don't. I don't quite know. I, I know they told me there were over 150, I think, of slides that went through, of course. It was beautiful, John. It was absolutely beautiful. It was such a such a wonderful tribute. It was it was uh, I was in awe. I was absolutely in awe. So back to the well, White you, Oak you, Plantation. It's a venue and there's no a la carte service ever. Right. Uh, there's no a la carte service here at all, but we but we're feeding every single day. We have private groups that's coming in. Yeah, uh, wow. And again, and again, and again, uh, groups come in from all over the country, uh, stay in local hotels, and they'll come out here either for for events or dinners or seminars or meetings. The same thing, same thing you would do, let's say, in a hotel environment. The only difference is. Here, you may have breakfast under the oaks rather than in a dining room. Uh, mm-hmm. We may have a, a breakout session where everybody uh, here having a meeting will then be given a fishing pole to go out into the lake and catch some largemouth bass. <laughs> or, and, and everything they catch then becomes their lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's all these little things that happen at White Oak that kind of surprise the guests. And our ballroom seats over 200. We have an outside pavilion that seats 200, uh, so we can put up to 1,000 people on the property at any time. 
and I and I think y'all gonna enjoy seeing it when you yeah, I'm when really you get excited. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful property, beautiful estate, and I bought that estate back in uh, 1985, and from that time I had only bought the house in the acreage, and since that time I've built it up into what it is today. So it's numerous buildings and outbuildings and uh, animals, uh, you name it, it's out here. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a it's a great opportunity to uh, see. Uh, kind of my, uh, kind of a new direction we've taken over the last few years to to bring international groups and national groups to experience uh, foods of the south. Do they stay on the, on the property grounds, or do I mean, like, is there a is there like an inn or a B and B or anything? Well, I only have two suites on property, and the two okay. suites are normally the two suites are normally for the speakers or the presidents uh-huh. of, the, of the group I that's see. coming. Uh, okay. Uh, or uh, or uh, friends of mine who want a romantic weekend just to come over and, uh, uh-huh. and, and stay <laughs> in the house and have breakfast in bed. So, Tom, that might be something you need to think about. You know, I, I, I've not only thought about it, but I've actually done it before. At Bittersweet. Uh, we went to Bittersweet, which was lovely. Uh, yeah. yeah. What yeah, right. I mostly, uh, mostly re- remember about it is that it was the only uh, restaurant I've ever been to that actually had uh, griots and grits, not <laughs> that they had their own way. But uh, everybody who made that, uh, you know, just when you say griots, you're talking about stuff on the grill, except griots and grits never is on the grill that I ever see, anyhow. <laughs> That's a, you're exactly right. I mean, it's one of the oldest uh, uh, fricassees, I would say, normally made with pork. Yeah. Of course, beef went into it constantly, and also wild game. And it was one of those hearty, hearty dishes that were always served uh, for breakfast. And I always thought griots, as, as much as I love them, was always just a good way of getting rid of some extra meat you might have in the house and <laughs> served it over grits. That'll do it. And, yep. and, today, and today, of course, griots is on most restaurants menus and fine dining, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's delicious. it's delicious. It's delicious. That's exactly right. Exactly uh, right. John, do you uh, do you have any other restaurants besides Revolution now? Is it all uh, venues and your? Of course, obviously, you're staying incredibly busy with your various products and your distillery and all that. But an actual restaurants right now is it just Revolution? Yeah, the only the only restaurant okay. I have now I have I have Revolution, of course, the new one in, that everybody can see in the airport when they're coming in and out. I have False Market there, which is oh, yeah. mm-hmm. just yeah. really, just real. I mean, really phenomenal. And uh, but but uh, uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, so Revolution is my only uh, restaurant. White Oak, uh, of course, being the uh, uh, the events uh, the events facility is uh, fantastic, and and my food manufacturing division. Is uh, and our bakery division is the two largest parts of our company. Now we mm-hmm. ship food every day. We ship food to about eight countries of the world now. Uh, oh my goodness! So we're we're, we're shipping to, to Russia, to China, to Dubai, just about uh, every day. And and our our food manufacturing division in New in uh, Donaldsonville. Uh, hires about 200 employees, about 250 wow. uh, people who work daily creating food for companies globally. So that's the largest part of our business now. And and a lot of the people coming to White Oak on these events that we have here are customers 
who buy food from us at Chef Don uh-huh. Fulton Company Manufacturing. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody's made like like Shake Shack and uh, uh, Fridays and you know these kind of companies. Uh, uh, they'll they'll end up at White Oak for some of these seminars. You know, so mm. it's exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah, you stay busy. Our bakery, yeah, and of course our bakery division the same way. Our bakery uh, uh, ships foods uh, globally as well, out of Donaldson, out of uh, Gonzales, we have uh, our bakery. So, um, yeah, we stay busy, that's for sure, and I'm still <laughs> loving what I do, uh, still doing television. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're busy. That's all I can say. We're busy yeah. and loving yeah. Have it, do you have any uh, books in the works? Or have... Well, uh, you know, uh, Michelle and I just started meeting now for the fourth of the big book series, which has done really well for us. Uh, and uh, we hadn't named it yet, but it's going to be the, uh, the last book in the big series, uh, which is uh, Sweets. Uh, we, hadn't done, uh, we hadn't done Sweets and Desserts yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you look at the big books, we've done everything from encyclopedias to game to fish. They're beautiful books. Yeah, uh, now it's beautiful. time to do desserts in, uh, yeah. in Suites of the Seven Nations. I so, love uh, those books. Was, They're, the the uh, photographs and especially are really unique. And uh, it's just so much covered, and, and you know that it's it's uh, it's authentic top of the line top of the line Uh, anyway uh so i i wonder you know every time i uh, uh, do one of your uh, one of your uh, dishes in there i wonder if i ought to bring us uh something with rollers so i can get from point a to point b because (laughs) those books of yours are insanely huge (laughs) three three times what i weigh and i'm pretty you know, good. Yeah. John, we have to take well, a break. Can you hang on for a few minutes? Can you hang on for a no, few no, more no, minutes? Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. All right, we'll go ahead and take a break. Okay, we, we blew through the first one, so we, Doug is going to yell at us if we do it again. All right, 260 have a question for Chef John Fultz. You're listening to WWL yeah. 105.3 FM, HD2. Yeah. Call us, call us. We are lucky enough today to have John Fost, Chef Donald Fost, John, excuse me, let's try that again. Chef Donald Fost, <laughs> wait a minute, one more try. All right. Chef John Fost. There you go. Who All is right. one of the pros, one of the uh, people who grab the other people and make them say, gosh, I want to be like that. I mean, one of the great, great chefs of, of all, all time American. And uh, we learned all of that. Uh, I'm not just making this up uh, to make a point. Because uh, uh, there was this great event uh, called the Lifetime Achievement in Hospitality Award, the Ella Brennan, uh, no, no less than that. You, I, I have no doubt you were a friend of Ella's, uh, two people who really cut the same cheese. Uh, no, 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 we were. We were. She was very generous to me, uh, no doubt about it. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm most one of the things I'm most proud of, and, and the two of you are in that number as well. Uh, I remember when uh, you used to come uh, to to our restaurant in uh, Donaldsonville. You even did your radio show there. I mean, you did a lot to, yeah, to help did. us out as well. And, and yeah, and I'll I, I'll never forget the number of people that it took to kind of put the name John Falls on the map. And you, y'all were definitely one of them, and I. And I appreciate it tremendously. But uh, yeah, Ella was a great friend. I mean, very generous in her uh, uh, 
you know, willing to share anything. Yeah. Uh, I, whenever I'd eat in the restaurant and she was in and would walk around, she would say, oh, come on in the kitchen and tell the chefs hello. And, of course, she had that little mm-hmm. uh, table back there that she would sit down and so I mean, she was a, a remarkable, remarkable woman. Uh, uh, I'll and say. The gifts, the gifts that she gave to the city and New Orleans and food and and uh, uh, and also uh, uh, chefs. I mean, my God, look how many great chefs came out of uh, out of her operation. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I credit uh, just a lot, if nothing more, just inspiration by watching what she was doing and how she did it, and saying, you know, I, I need to try to do that myself. Uh, so she she hey, was. John. I mean, she was a can I uh, can I uh, throw a, a quote that I heard Ella say one day? I think you'll get a kick out of this. There was a, okay. another guy. Uh, there was another guy in town from who knows where, and we were having lunch together. And Ella was there, and uh, the out of out of town uh, journalist uh, said, "So, uh, Ella, what's what do you think is the most important part of a restaurant?" Uh, and he said, "What I'm not." She said, uh, "Well, I." Uh, and I said, what, what do you mean? And and he said, you know, like in terms of uh, the food you do, the people you have, the waiters and the, the beautiful, uh, you hope, looks of the restaurant, of those, which do you think is the best? And she said the, the best aspect of the uh, kitchen, especially around Louisiana, is uh, that it, uh, it has to be – part of the community and boy talk about something that she lived up to because it was and i know you have done and john the same too thing. i mean and, obviously yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay so no, no, let no, me she, ask you a no. question since tom's talking about this event the other night you said that was a surprise true confessions you knew nothing about it your your staff kept you totally in the dark uh, well, you, you know, it was uh, it was interesting. Michelle and uh, Dan Ling and Christina, the three uh, my my three staff members in my office, who's been with me for quite a while. Michelle yeah. has been with me for over twenty years, as you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so Nalfi allowed them to come in and assist with the event, uh, and uh, they worked on it without me. Re- they told me what they told me we had been uh, nominated for it, and that uh, that uh, they, they had asked to serve on the committee. The committee was fantastic, and uh, and I said, well, well, what are y'all going to be doing? And, and Michelle said, well, we aren't going to tell you anything, so don't ask us anything. Don't try to. And and I said, okay, you know what? Um, good. I said, I, I, y'all just take whatever time you need to, to assist the group, and. Uh, from there, I'll just wait and see the results of it. I know it's going to be great, but I had no idea. I mean, <laughs> uh, and, and, and to answer your question, no, I, I didn't ask them anything. I didn't really want to know anything. And what surprised me the most of all was the amount of work that that whole committee, yeah. uh, the amount of work they did. Even yeah. the slide presentation, you know, for, uh, and, that, and uh, Dan Ling and I also did that slide presentation. And I said, how did you know which one of the pictures would be best to show that night? You know, and she said, well, we've opened restaurants all over the world and we've met great people. 
why not just show what we've done over the last 30 years? And, that's, and that was a slide presentation. Yeah, uh, it was great. And it was, uh, and it was their idea to, uh, to have the seven nations say something in their own language, which I thought was incredible. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it, it, was, uh, it was phenomenal. I, I knew nothing, nothing of what was going on. And, and as you could tell, on stage, sincerely, I was, I've never been that emotional ever in public, I don't think. And, and then to have the African-American girls uh, who were the granddaughters of the, the, the wonderful saint who raised the false children uh, to be in the audience without me knowing it, and then to be told that they were there and for me to bring them up on stage. Uh, I, I mean, I, I almost lost it at that point, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, it was was, quite a tribute. I mean, it was a this is your life for sure. It was really beautiful, really impressive and and really beautiful. Anyway, congratulations on that. Well deserved. All right. So before we let you go, let me just ask you one more time. How does a person who wants to come to this really interesting cultural lesson do that? Where do they get tickets? Um, well, uh, they can get tickets at the gate. Uh, uh, they can uh, get tickets when they arrive here. Uh, it's from 8 o'clock in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. And all they can go to eventbrite.com, eventbrite.com, where they can buy tickets on Eventbrite through, uh, 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 you know, in the number I'm sure uh, I'll, I'll, write, I'll give it to you, 225. No, we're gonna. I'm gonna run something in okay. nomenu.com about it because it's really okay. a fascinating yes. thing, and then we'll have a link to Eventbrite on it. Okay, Eventbrite. That that that's right. So eight to three, uh, White Oak Plantation, seventeen six six zero Georgia Neal Lane. Easy to find, uh, and and like I say, we look forward to welcoming everybody here at about seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, and some people will just show up for lunch. So I mean, if you just yeah. want to come by and have lunch and not participate in everything else. You can bring the family out. It's a family event. It won't be the lunch would still be eighty five dollars, so it's like you can there's not gonna be like a separate thing for lunch. You you pay eighty five dollars and do as much as or as little as you want. Is that right? Right. And eighty and eighty five dollars includes that uh, just a buffet line alone. I think most have about thirty or forty things on it. But all the oh other my activities going around. Yeah, yeah, the buffet the buffet is at least uh uh, I would say 25 or 30 items on wow. the buffet alone. So, but oh, more importantly, they have access to the entire property. We can go do, do. I mean, so it's just a wonderful. Day. It's for the day. It's a it's a day event. The whole thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Okay, Chef. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Well, well, thank you all, and thank you for all you've done for me personally over the years. Y'all have been good supporters. And oh, that was I've easy. Done, that I've done you so that. Very nice, y'all. Thanks so much. And before you escape from here, uh, I want to ask you about one other part of your operation. Obviously, the the at Nichols, the event that's not an event, that's an institution, uh, has your name on it. As do uh, Ruth Fertel for raising the quality of the the learning that goes on. Uh, at Nichols these days. It's really amazing. On a, on a few occasions, they have asked me to come out and uh, talk to some of the she- uh, chefs and also a lot of the people who are in the program. And uh, it's uh, just astonishing how far we have come. And uh, with you uh, pretty much at the close, uh, at the bun of uh, the very first. The helm. 
the helm. Well, exactly. It, it, the helm. It's, a, it, it's a magnificent facility. I mean, we have almost 400 students. We're the only four-year college degree culinary program in the United States. Uh, it, it's really? phenomenal. The, the only one. Uh, if you're going to get a college degree, four years in culinary arts in the United States, you're going to come to the John Falls Culinary Institute. Mm. And, and again, it's just another example of a lot of people being very kind and seeing seeing an opportunity to do something. It, 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 it's a fabulous facility. So, and we do a lot of activities there, so people should go online and kind of see some of the things that's going on. And, of course, they can come and participate on campus and come and see what yeah. it's all about. Yeah, and you'll get yeah. something to eat, too, if your timing is good. Ab- anyway, Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Well, it's John Fultz. John, we've hardly talked about this at all, but uh, I don't know what your, uh, what your time is uh, at the moment. But you, uh, you are half of uh, the restaurant in the French Quarter, and uh, that has certainly uh, uh, added a lot. I saw the other day there's a statistic uh, as to how long you have uh, been over there on uh, Charter. Uh, in their ninth year. They're in their ninth, ninth year. Nine years Yeah, we're in, we're in our ninth year, right. Did Rick Tremonto move here? Does he live here now, or is he still in Chicago? No, no, no. He lives in Chicago. Uh, he he comes in every month. Uh, and uh, uh, and we have, we just, we have a phenomenal local team, and, and and I'll tell you some great statistics over there. Uh, the staff at Restaurant Revolution, ninety percent of the opening staff is still there nine years later. Wow, uh, terrific! That is that is incredible. In fact, it my is. executive chef, my executive chef Jana Beal, just uh, left uh, the restaurant. Uh, after 10 years of being there, she was there a year before we opened. She just moved to Nickel State to take over as one of my, my leading structures at the school uh, because of her years in fine dining. And she will now be on staff uh, at uh, Nickel State, which I'm very, very, very proud of because she's such a phenomenal uh, a culinarian. And now she's on staff at Nichols. Uh, so, uh, so the team, uh, the team at Revolution has been pretty fine for the, for this uh, this entire, like you say, nine ten year period. So very happy with it. John, how did that pairing of you and Rick Tremonto happen? Uh, well, it happened during Katrina. Uh, I got a call from Rick uh, Tremonto. I had gone up to Chicago to do a couple wine dinners. And cheese dinners, if you remember, I used to have my cheese operation uh, yes. here, in, here in Gonzales. And, uh, and uh, Rick had called me to come to Restaurant True in Chicago to do a, a, a wine and cheese event. It was very successful, and he asked me if we would do a couple more, and we did. And through that process, we got to know each other. When Katrina hit, Rick called and, uh, and said, is there anything I can do? To you, or do you need any help? And I said, well, we're feeding thousands of people over here, homeless and blah, blah, blah. I said, uh, you know, we could use some help if you want to come down and assist. And he got on the plane, uh, 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 flew in. I never made it to Nashville, rented a car in Nashville and drove to New Orleans. And uh, he joined my uh, uh, my team that was, uh, that was servicing all of the... Uh, uh, the, the groups that were out there feeding people, the military. I mean, we, we were all over the city in New Orleans at that time. 
through my manufacturing plant. And during that, he stayed with me for almost three and a half weeks, feeding all of these folks around South Louisiana. And uh, when he was about ready to leave, he said, you know, he said, I've really fallen in love with uh, what, what I see here. He said, if there's ever an opportunity for you and I to do something together, he said, please, please give me a call. I would love to do something with you in the South. And, of course, it was a few years later that uh, that I got a call from Al Gross at the hotel asking if I could come see him about an opportunity that uh, uh, that they wanted to offer me. And, of course, I turned it down, and I turned it down. And I, I hate to say I turned down the opportunity to open Restaurant Revolution there for about a year. And Al would always say, well, well, let's, let's, let's meet again in a couple of months. Maybe you change your mind. And, of course, I called Rick, and I said, Rick, you know, we talked about an opportunity. If you think you might want to work with me at a restaurant that uh, we're going to develop in New Orleans, this is our opportunity to work together. So that's how he and I came together. And, of course, uh, he audits the restaurant. Uh, he comes in every month, and he stays for a week and uh, uh, works in the restaurant, works with the chef's team. And then, of course, I'm the local guy. So that's how it all works out. Isn't he, isn't he more of an Italian restaurant up in Chicago? How did you meld those two cuisines together? Uh, well, I, th- I think like, like most uh, chefs who have worked in many, many different uh, locations. I mean, Rick was, Rick was in England. He worked in England for a year and a half uh, in, uh, in some of the great uh, great restaurants and estate homes outside of London. Uh, he worked in France for a while. Uh, then he worked with five or six of the great restaurants of, of America before he opened his own restaurant in New Orleans. Uh, so I, I think it's like anything else, you know. Uh, once you have the base, the basics, uh, the basics of of culinary. Once you have that, uh, the management style. Once you have the the endurance to take on a new concept restaurant. Uh, you know, it's not it's it's not brain surgery every time. You know, it's uh, <laughs> you, you do you do things right and you do yeah. you make as few mistakes as you possibly can. And he and I gel pretty easily. Uh, uh, we never, never really had uh, any issues. I told him, I said, I wanted to create the, 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 the menu style because it will be a New Orleans restaurant. Uh-huh. And I want you to create the culinary, uh, the culinary uh, management of the kitchen. I want you to uh, teach, uh, train the chefs out I procedures. Okay. I want the, the ordering okay. system. It, 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 it ended up being... Uh, a good mileage. It ended so up, he's so more of an operations kind of guy. Year. You you did the menu. Yeah, yeah. I did. Well, I should say I yeah, did the I menu am. myself. I mean, uh, we had five or six chefs working together at Bittersweet Plantation. If you remember, after five years, I closed Bittersweet. Yeah. And when the opportunity came to open uh, Revolution, I brought in all the chefs to, to, to Bittersweet, and they all lived there. They lived in those suites up there in the little rooms uh-huh. I had in the back. And we worked, uh, we worked five days a week creating menus as a group. But we agreed early on that it was a New Orleans restaurant and that I would like to at least set the, the, the tempo and the stage and the flavor of the cuisine, and let's work together in creativity. And that's basically the way it 
started. So, yeah, everybody contributed equally. It came together think. very well, I have to say. Chef, we, we are, Doug's starting to yell at us again, so we have to, we have to say goodbye. But, <laughs> well, uh, but thank so you much. so much for coming on. And I, yeah, and I hope to see y'all. I hope to see, I hope to see y'all at the Bootsy. And thank you. No, we're going to come. We're definitely going to come. I'm going to wait till after the blood's gone, though, okay? Oh, that, that's okay. And, I, and, and finally, y'all, thanks so much for all you've done for me over the years. Know how much I appreciate it. You're, you're a great you. guy. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. See you later. There he goes. Chef John Fultz. What a Big guy. weekend for him. We will talk some more about that after this break. 260-6368. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.